Welcome to a special segment, Focus on Disaster Medicine. I am your host, Dr. John Armstrong. Our guest is Dr. Ralph Sheely, Medical Director of South Carolina's Charleston County EMS and Rescue Squad and Co-Director of the Disaster Preparedness and Response Training Network for the South Carolina Area Health Education Consortium. Dr. Sheely is an internationally recognized voice in disaster medicine. Welcome, Dr. Sheely. Hey, it's good to be with you. Dr. Sheely, it's curious that many uh, physicians don't see a role in disaster preparedness and emergency response. And this gets to the heart of the question, is there a relevance for physicians in disaster response? Well, I think clearly there is. We are trained and accustomed by our practice to take care of small patient populations, to take care of our own practice group or our own patients admitted to the hospital. But the fact of the matter is, is our society is exposed to emergencies confronting communities as a whole or populations as a whole. And I've come to think about this as population emergency medicine or emergency public health. The idea that we have communities at risk and that events can result in disruptions of health services systems, disruptions of health delivery infrastructure that force physicians to expand the way they think about taking care of patients and to think in terms of taking care of populations of people as opposed to one individual at a time. So it makes sense then for physicians to recognize that they have a community responsibility at all times to include disasters. That's true. You know, I think in our country we've really been very lucky when we think about our exposure to truly catastrophic disasters. You know, we've had bad experiences in Katrina, but the loss of life there was relatively small in terms of the scope of the storm when compared with uh, similar types of emergencies in other parts of the world. The medical aspect of the crisis was relatively limited. And, of course, with the World Trade Center experience, we didn't feel the full brunt of a medical disaster because most of the victims died. And we weren't confronted with a total overload of the healthcare delivery system by survivors, by a large number of burn patients or a large number of trauma patients. So to a certain extent, we have yet to be confronted with events of such a magnitude that our physicians have been forced to reconsider what their role in care of the public in a large-scale catastrophe might be. And I think we're looking at an opportunity to have to learn the hard way, and I think the threat for that is pandemic influenza. Many folks think that these disasters are acts of God. Is there something that we can do about these, or should we just accept the fact that they're going to happen and then deal with the consequences? You know, we know disasters are going to occur. We know that they are inevitable. What we don't know is exactly what the nature of the disaster in our own environment might be. We don't always know. We have a lot of clues. As part of our disaster planning, we do a risk assessment process and evaluate the threats to which a community is exposed. And so we do have a sense as to what they are. We don't have a sense of when they're coming. We don't have a sense of how bad they're going to be. But we do have the opportunity to do the evaluation 
to plan what our response will be, to inventory our resources so we know what resources are available and where we can get them on short notice if that occasion arises. And we also uh, have the opportunity to uh, give a dry run before we're actually put to the test and have training and exercising of our plans. So I resist the notion that disasters are a bad thing that just come upon us unexpectedly. I think that, yeah, we know they're there. What we have the opportunity to do, I think, is to realize that many people think of an earthquake as a disaster. You know, the earthquake itself is an event, but we have to look at how it, the event interacts with human society and how the event interacts with the vulnerabilities of a community and how our preparedness can mitigate what that impact will be. So really there's an event side of a disaster, but there's also the human side that has to do with how we're impacted and how we can mitigate the adverse consequence, the loss of human assets and the human suffering that flows from the disaster, because we have the ability to impact and change that. The event itself may be something that we cannot prevent, but the response to it is something we can plan for. And I think that that's the burden of responsibility to those who undertake to provide care for the citizens of our country. If you are just joining us, you are listening to a special segment, Focus on Disaster Medicine, on ReachMD XM 157. I am your host, Dr. John Armstrong, and our guest is Dr. Ralph Sheely, Medical Director of South Carolina's Charleston County EMS and Rescue Squad, and Co-Director of the Disaster Preparedness and Response Training Network for the South Carolina Area Health Education Consortium. Well, I wonder if we can come to a consensus on just what a disaster is. Well... You know, there are traditional definitions of disaster that we sort of learn in medical circles that a disaster is an event that produces casualties at a rate faster than a community can absorb them and manage them and requiring extraordinary measures to be put into play to address the problem. I think it helps us to take a little broader definition that a disaster is a precipitating event that impacts vulnerabilities in human society that produces casualties, that produces losses, and those losses have adverse consequences for individuals and for the community, and that the net effect of this event is that ordinary measures of response, ordinary daily measures for going about business won't work. We've got to go to extraordinary means to respond to this, and that this is going to result or require a consolidated effort from a collection of people, not of individuals, not of particular agencies, but of a community and a medical community as a whole. Well, given this broader definition of disaster, is there a way to categorize disasters that might facilitate planning and preparation? Well, I think that there definitely is. You know, we can talk about natural disasters and man-made disasters. And among the natural disasters, you've got geophysical events like earthquakes, and you've got atmospheric events like hurricanes and tornadoes. You've got larger-scale geophysical events like tsunamis, volcanic eruptions, and so on. But then you've got man-made categories. And in many regards, we have more influence over the course of those man-made disasters, both in preventing them, preparing for them, and responding to them. 
They are man-made disasters such as industrial accidents. And I think of Opal or Chernobyl when the large-scale industrial failures resulted in massive consequences. They're industrial accidents and, and actually historically transportation accidents. And historically, transportation accidents have been the models that we've been most focused on back in the 70s and 80s, I guess, with the, the paradigm community disaster was a plane crash or a train wreck. And in some ways, we've become fixated on that model. And when, in fact, the spectrum of disaster threat has grown substantially since that time. Aside from transportation and industrial type events, we've got things that humans do to one another deliberately. You know, we have the disastrous consequence of war or terrorism as two categories. Disasters can be thought of in terms of how they impact us and how they affect our ability to prepare. You know, that we've got events that we know they're coming, they're inevitable, we just don't know exactly when they're going to occur. And I think of our communities that are built on volcanic lava flows or earthquake faults. I'm in Charleston and we're living right now, I'm, I'm a couple hundred yards from an earthquake fault as we speak. You know, we know Charleston is going to have another earthquake, we just don't know when. You know, there's some disasters that have a time spectrum that impact our ability to recover and, in fact, have been known to actually bring an end or conclusion to civilizations, things like uh, famine, which is a biological disaster, disease, another biological disaster, and war. Those things have been known to bring civilizations to an end, and as we study history, they're apparent where those examples are. So I think the way that we choose to focus on types of disasters and definition disasters clearly influence our attitude toward whether these are events that are surprise or whether they're part of the daily cost of doing business that we need to address in our plans for how we run our hospitals, how we run our doctor's practices, how we run our emergency services and other public safety organizations. Well, we continue to struggle with anticipating the various problems that might occur in our communities. There's a hazard vulnerability analysis, which is one tool. What can you share with our listeners about that? Most citizens probably don't give extensive thought about the hazards to which a community is exposed. They're the obvious things, living on the earthquake fault, living on a, in a coastal region that's exposed to hurricanes, being in a tornado alley. You know, people are aware of those things. There are other aspects of hazard, though, that are more obscure from the public point of view, but are which are well known to disaster management. Fire service a long time ago realized that if they were to be prepared to fight fires, they needed to know what was in the community, what kind of structures are present, what kind of hazardous materials are present. That became incorporated into law with the Haswapper Act. So that now we have a pretty good idea of where the hazardous materials are, where they're stored, what they are, what steps of mitigation are available. There are other things that because of the patterns of transportation flow and the distribution of materials on the rails and on the highways, most communities are exposed to a level of threat from hazardous materials that would astonish them if they were conscious of it. Recently in my state, we had an event in a very small, quiet, perfectly ordinary town 
that had a rail line running through the middle of it, and there was a train derailment and leak of chlorine gas into the community, resulting in much loss of life. And for the size of the community, it was a devastating event. And I educated myself by taking the trip to this little town and riding through it, and it impressed me that this town was replicated tens of thousands of times in uh, small towns across America, and that any one of those towns could have been the focus of this kind of disaster. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Ralph Sheely. We have been talking about the relevance of physician engagement in disaster preparedness. I'm Dr. John Armstrong. You've been listening to a special segment, Focus on Disaster Medicine, on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com, featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please call us toll-free at 888-MDXM-157, and thank you for listening.